Hallelujah, God. Good morning, good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for joining us one more time and to worship and through the word of preaching and teaching of God's word. Uh, you're join, welcome to join us uh, in the open of your Bible to Deuteronomy, uh, the 16 chapters, where we'll be uh, this morning. As we're prepared to receive this word, let us take some moment of time to pray as we pray uh, for our community, our world, our country. We also continue to pray uh, for our brothers and sisters in Christ, as we know many are dealing with time of grief and bereavement of loss. Uh, many are dealing with other situations, whether it be health or financially situations. Uh, we continue to want to pray for God's comfort to be with them as we continue to comfort and be with them during this time. Uh, so join me as we just come to our God. Lord, Lord mighty God, we come to you thank, thanking you for your grace, your mercy, your love. Thank you that you are God all by yourself, that you have extremely great authority and power. And so, God, we're asking for your comfort, asking for your peace. We're asking for your strength. Uh, we ask you to bless those, Lord, who are suffering times of grief and bereavement. Continue to bring healing into them. Father, we're praying for those who have upcoming procedures and, and recovery and treatment. Lord, we continue to give them strength, continue to give them peace, continue to give them comfort. And be with their families as they stay with them and nursing them, encouraging them on the road of recovery. And God, we're praying for those, Lord, who are just in times of difficulty, times of stress. And, and we ask you to uh, bless us with your peace, your comfort. Bless the, the church members to look out one for another, build up one another, encourage uh, one another. And God, uh, in our hurting hearts and our pain, we ask you for healing. We ask you for strength. Encourage us right now, Lord, through your word. Strengthen us uh, through the power of your spirit. Uh, that through the preaching and teaching that we might see Jesus and have your word hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you. This and so much more, Lord, we pray. Amen. As we prepare for this lesson today, I wanted to uh, deal with, we, we were talking about Samson and judging and being complex, being flawed, and dealing with many of our issues uh, and concluding of that series uh, uh, I want to deal with today about what is justice. You know, this arrested my heart, many, maybe many of you, in light of what's been going on in our community and the way rulings and justice are being done or potential justice and, and laws that might be changed. Uh, to think about what is justice and so why does justice matter? Well, when we look at the definition, the term of justice oftentimes used, uh, justice, justice is defined as just behavior or treatment, according to uh, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary.com. But also justice is the maintenance or the administration of what is just, especially by impartial adjustment of conflicting claims or marriage rewards or punishment. But another definition, a second definition that justice oftentimes the term we use uh, is the, the definition we use or apply is the quality of being just, impartial or fair. The latter part of this definition is what our society is desperate to experience and to acknowledge and to be expressed and demonstrated in laws that are put into place. This lack of justice that is appears to be seen in our community and our justice system is why the words of Dr. King are still echoed today from from his words written in the letter from a Birmingham jail. 
and I quote, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. Never again can we afford to live with the narrow provincial outside agitator idea. Anyone who lives inside the United States can never be considered an outside anywhere within its bounds. It's sad to see that when justice is misunderstood and misapplied, that it is not a, a spot to say that it only happens there. But Dr. King eloquently put out that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. The term justice oftentimes is limited to the judiciary application of justice of laws made by men. The term of social justice then comes into play because social justice then can be summed or understood as the distribution of wealth, opportunities, and privileges within a society. Social justice pursuit in America has caused great changes in America, from the suffrage movement to the integration of schools led by the NAACP, Brown versus the Board of Education Decision, and the great civil rights movement that included bus boycotts, sit-ins, diners, peaceful protests, and marches to just to set, set up the right to vote or to integrate and remove segregation on buses. If man's laws were just from the beginning, Right. Then there would not be a cause for social justice and it would not be needed. But man is flawed and prone to sin. And we thank God by his grace and his mercy. He shows us what justice and compassion to all people look like. So justice in world terms, in American terms, is limited from a man's point of view. But we're going to look at God's point of view of what justice looks like. Social justice movements has caused the conscience to to the law to be awakened and for change to be made to improve the quality of life. But God has given us the blueprint of what justice looks like and the blueprint to act it out in our life. We will look at the retelling of the of the law of Moses, a sermonic distribution in the text of Deuteronomy, picking up the 16th chapter, verses 18 to 20, to look at how God does not say justice is a legal thing or justice is a social thing, but justice is justice. And so when we look into this text, God, Moses is gathering the people together, giving them their great command as he's preparing them to cross the, the Jordan River and pass on leadership unto Joshua so they're conquer and live in the promised land and they have a covenant to keep and part of this covenant is to be equitable, is to have equality among the people and for them to live in harmony in a communal area that all are being looked after and called for and taken care of for another. And so when we look at this, you know, I want to highlight that justice as God gives us is not broke down to social justice or political justice, but justice is just just because God is right. God is fair. God does, is not partial in his decisions. God looks on the unjust and the unjust alike. He loves us and cares for us both. And so when we stand before God as the rightful judge, he will judge us according to our actions, according to our deeds, not based on creed, not based on color, not based on economics, not based on political system. Our God God judges us accordingly and sufficiently based on the rules he has set of ethics and moral capacity. And so this is why we see here that when Moses is given these instructions as God has given to him, he says in 
chapter 16 of the Deuteronomy, verses 18 to 20, reading from New Living Translation, it says, Appoint judges and officials for yourselves from each of your tribes in all the towns the Lord your God has given you. You must judge the people fairly. You must never twist justice or show partiality. Never accept a bribe. For bribes blind the eyes of the wise and corrupt the decisions of the godly. Let true justice prevail so you may live and occupy the land the Lord your God is giving you. God gives instructions of governance for Israel. The judges and the officials are appointed by the people from each tribe in all the towns. Uh, sort of as a populist election, right? For the people, by the people, for the people. Uh, this sets up a proper presentation for the community, for they are from the community. And the people are being represented by their own people who live in the community, sort of as, as we know as our representative situation, right? You want a representative from your region that you can communicate, that you can talk to, that is concerned for the community that they also live in. It's an amazing thing that when we live in our country that we are concerned for everybody in our community, not just for one set or one side, but for all who live and want equality for all people. We want equity for all people. The people are appointed and we see the duties that are expressed upon them that they must be able to judge fairly. This means that they are in position of authority, a position of leadership and governance. And so, therefore, they are required to be fair and they're just. Verse 19 makes it clear. It says, you shall not distort justice. You shall not be partial. You shall not take a bribe for a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and perverts the words of the righteous. The call for leadership to not to twist justice or to distort justice. The leader is not to force the law into their hands. Another way to see it is to is to bend it, is to force it to be something that it is not. And oftentimes when we look at laws, we look at systems that how can it bend more closely to one area, one dem demographic, one group of people more than it bends to another. It sounds like that there's a distortion here in justice. And we've seen that. Why? We, we've seen laws that have been changed from the way to how we had laws that limited votes. We had laws that limited people access to places just based on the color of their skin or the or the ethnicity of their group. We had people that were discriminated because they were Asian, because they're Irish, because they were black, because they were Hispanic or Latina, because they're Native American. But yet when we break these laws and we find these laws and we see social justice dealing with the conscience of men and women making these litigations that we're able to shift and to change and not to abuse power and use the law to benefit just a segment of people. But the law is for of the people. They are not to take bribes and therefore not to be influenced or beholden to others. For bribes blind the eyes to the truth, meaning what? It will shield you or it will lean you or make you no longer objective but subjective. Also, having you persuasion to be uh, peer pressure to do something that may not be the benefit for all people but only benefit for some. 
people. God instructs them that taking bribes is not a good thing. In Exodus 23, verse 8, let me read this to you from New Living Translation. It says, take no bribes, for a bribe makes you ignore something that you clearly see. A bribe makes even a righteous person twist uh, um, the truth. We got to be careful as, as justice is being served and justice is being done that we don't twist the truth to make it sound as something it is not. Uh, we have realized that the truth is always the truth, and we must speak truth. We must be bold. We must stand up to injustice and stand up when things are not working and lining that is equal and equitable for all people involved. God is not for the poor to be to be a malign. God is not for someone to be discriminated because of the color of their skin. God is not for we to hate somebody just because they don't agree with our political views. But we are called to love one another. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And so we understand this principle of justice, that justice is not based on the law, but justice is based on what is right, what is true. And God is true. He is the measuring rock. He is the standard to what we ought to look to. So we need to open up our Bible and study his word. That's why this principle of Deuteronomy was given to the kings. We look in the 17 chapters telling them that they must read this word and write this book and continue to meditate on it so that they may know how to govern and be men of character and integrity for the leadership of Israel. God has called them to do great work and to do great things for him. And so in this process that He's pointing out that before they even had a king, even before they even had establishment of judges, he was given a quality and a qualification of what needs to be done to live justly, to govern justly, to live in a place and a community that loves justice and cares one for another. God is calling the people, not only the judges, but all people to be righteous because he is righteous. God is calling us to do what is right because he is right. God is calling us to show what humility and, and show us what compassion looks like because he is showing that to us. God calls us all. And it's important, even more important for the leaders to set a good example of what integrity and ethics looks like. When one is unable to feel comfortable trusting their leader, to be a person of just, a person of reputable, a person of character, and the one that is governing your laws, then one's not going to feel safe in their own community. One's not going to feel comfortable in their own community when they feel like the one who's making the laws are not looking out for their interests. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. That is why legal decisions made are critical because the precedents are made and they can become enforced. And they will be unjust rulings continuing to be enforced because of the legal people in place, which points in the process. This again, right. The population of the people were presented by the people, people who supposed to be people of integrity, people of justice and right character and morality in our government today. Right. We are to elect officials. And so therefore vetting should be done and research should be done to make sure that you are electing someone you believe that has a right character and a mold to take care and rule justly and then hold them accountable uh, when it's not being done. God is going to hold his leaders accountable. And that's why he's pointing out that if you want to live safely in this land, these are the qualities and the qualifications that need to be done. And when Israel does not follow these qualifications, then 
they will get the punishment and they will understand how they will be under rule from another land and they will not be living comfortably in the promised land. And so we can see the same situation that when we are not living comfortable, when we might want to look, are we doing the things that God is calling us to do? Is my character right? Am I being honest? Am I being forthright? Am I being just? Am I being compassionate? Am I being merciful? We need to sometimes take an opportunity to do a self-check in a self-assessment and see, God, am I honoring everything you're asking me to honor? Am I doing the things you've called me to do? And how do I know these things? Well, I have to open up my Bible. I have to spend some time in prayer, some time in meditation and not criticize somebody else and not judge someone else. But look and say, Lord, help me out right now to clean up my own issues, my own behavior, my own situations of flaws and complexities and show me how I can walk out and be a, a woman and a man of character and integrity that brings glory and honor to your name. God calls for us to pursue true justice. And so me to pursue it, I got to get right in my first uh, understanding and walking in life. When we look at verse 20 of the 16th chapter, it says, let true justice prevail so you may live and occupy the land that Lord your God is giving you. So, so with true justice prevailing, we will see a just society. Uh, the poor will be looked after. The, the maligned will not be maligned and marginalized, but they will be included and part of uh, the discussion. Um, society will encourage that we will have an inclusive community, not a discriminative community. We won't encourage mistreatment, but we'll encourage loving and acceptance and helping one another. Justice leads to peace. Uh, and comfort. God desires for the children of Israel to live in harmony and to look and to care one for another. Justice is implied to be compassionate because it cares for the least of these. A just king is better known for how he takes care of the poor and those who are the voiceless and being the voice for them. Jesus teaches us the priority of compassion in the community as a viable Christian principle. When we look at Mark 12, chapter verses 30 to 31, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Jesus exemplified these teachings here, summarizing what comes from the Deuteronomy wall, the teaching of Moses and the Pentateuch. These commandments are broken down from Deuteronomy 6, chapter, verses 5 and 6. It says, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. God says to them and he points out to them that if we love God and we're committed to him, then what we will know what he loves. Micah six and eight tells us, no, O people, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires you to do. Do what is right to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Again, it says do what is right. Love mercy. And walk humbly with your God. To, to love what is right, what is just, and to show mercy and to show compassion and to walk righteously, to walk just with God. Loving God will lead us to love God and to love God's creation, to love righteousness, to love mercy, to love humility, to love without favoritism, but to have that agape love, right? We're talking about unconditional love. Love is love. It's not based on any pre-qualifications we love because God shows us what love is. That's why we need to love one another. 
and, and love our neighbor. Leviticus 19, 18 says, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And so love for my neighbor is not limited to anyone, but for everyone. That's why when Christ taught the teaching of the of the good Samaritan, he's pointing out that the ones you discriminate, the, when the ones you do not like, which were the Samaritans, you are to love them. So he asked them the question, which one was a neighbor? Which one fulfilled the biblical teaching of being a good neighbor? The one who showed compassion was the answer. He couldn't say it was a Samaritan because he did not want to give credit to the Samaritan. Same situation how oftentimes we see that people don't want to give credit to something. They don't want to mention something. Hence the say your name movement, right? To say the name of these victims. Don't talk around the subject, but talk about the subject. We need to be specific in addressing the issues and the calamities in our country and our community. If we want to see justice for all, we must mention Breonna Taylor's and George Floyd, we must mention these names and understand that, hey, these need to be addressed and looked upon and realize that you see a segment of community is feeling marginalized and partialized, feeling like justice does not lean towards their side. Why is that? Maybe we need to address and look at some of the practices that have been perpetuated and communicated because of the institution of systematic racism that has now long infected everything and part of our society that we need to address and be careful and pulling back and realize there's some things that need to be changed in order for justice to truly be meted out in an equitable fashion. To love my neighbor means to try to understand the hardships that they might face because of the impartiality of the laws, because of financial disadvantages and lack of privileges that others may have gained that I might understand that education and medical and medic, medicine and medical treatment may not be equally distributed based on people's race, ethnicity and color. I must understand that there might be difficulties someone's facing that I may not be aware of just because of where they were born and how they were born and the language they speak. That we might understand that it's not a problem that they have, but it's a problem we have because it's they are part of my community. They are part of my people. And so, therefore, we must look to work together and support one another. There might be some things that we disagree with. There might be some things that we may not all agree upon. But one thing we can agree that everyone is made in the image of God. Everyone deserves to be loved. And everyone deserves justice. And if we can agree on those principles, those are the main thing that we can live in harmony and comedy, that you can do whatever you want. In your area, but yet we want to make sure that everybody has a right to stand and receive justice. Everybody has a right to receive mercy and compassion. And that's why we have an awesome God that sent his Lord, sent his son, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. God sent Jesus to show us what justice is. Jesus did not discriminate against the poor or disenfranchised or the, he did not pushed the marginalized away, but instead he was known to be a friend to the tax collectors, to the sinners, that he was a friend to the widows and to the orphans, that our God showed up and showed compassion and was advocated for those who were also that were maligned because of medical preconditions, <laughs> hallelujah, that he ran into those who were blind, but now they see. He ran to those, those who had leprosy, but now they become healed. He ran to those who were lame, but now they were healed. He was able to heal them and transform them because he had compassion for them. Others might have put them out of society and gave up on them, but our God, our Jesus, hallelujah, he desires for us to know him and to know him in, in, in a total, beautiful, complete fellowship relationship. In Jesus, we know righteousness because he is righteous. 
He's the righteous judge and he is going to be just and right in all that he says and all that he does. And we know that he's going to come back again and we'll all be changed and we'll be able to live in the new promised land of a new heaven and a new earth and total, total, total comfort and peace and unity. But now while we're on this earthly journey, we have a challenge that we got to walk on right. We got to love what is justice and we got to do what God calls us to do. And so, Lord, has told you what is good. And is, this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. We will experience this when Jesus comes in all this glory. We can experience this right now as we have Jesus in our heart to serve for him. And we can see this now by how we can show this love and this mercy and compassion one to another. And we can help bring forth change and bring forth healing, bring forth comfort by God first starting in us. And then we passing it on to somebody else. Thank you. God bless you. May continue to encourage you. Remember, early voting has begun. So go ahead and start voting. Get your votes in and uh, continue to connect and through Sunday school and Zoom. If you have any questions or comments, continue to reach out uh, through the Zion's app, through Zion's website, www.zionbcpeoria.com. And also join us, share this message on Facebook and YouTube. Thank you. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Father, Lord, we're desperate for justice. We're desperate for healing. As a Father, begin in us uh, that we might show what justice looks like, compassion might look like, that we could be the change we desire to see in our community. Father, we ask for your healing. We ask for your comfort. In Jesus' great name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. And remember, Jesus loves you. And so.